Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Everybody, it's 106 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now, which is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter and the staff at Digitex wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Just had Elliot Friedman on the show. Next uh, hour, Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, as well as my play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels, who joins us every Friday at 1.35 on Oilers Now. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, providing winning results for over 35 years. We will tell you. Japanese Village, open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta steak and tasty seafood cooked right at your table. Reservations are now available. Go online at jvedmonton.ca. Just before we go to Kurt Hill, special shout-out today. Happy birthday to the real general manager of the Edmonton Eskimos. Last, like, 50 years, he's been there forever. Dwayne Mandruzzi, I just wanted to mention that. He's uh, a great guy. It's been a while uh, since I was down at Eskimos on a, I'd say, an occasional basis uh, back in the days of Total Sports and the other station, but uh, Dwayne was always a great guy to see uh, and uh, has been a terrific Edmontonian for a long, long time. So happy birthday to Dwayne. We head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined by Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Hi, Kurt. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. Not bad. I was in uh, your neck of the woods uh, last week from your junior days uh, in Kelowna. Now, do you still go there at all? Do you still have uh, spent some time there at all uh, during the year? You know, I get to, obviously, when the team goes through there, I, I'm usually on the trip with the guys. And then uh, I actually saw some family that lives out that way, so it's nice to be able to get back there. It's obviously a amazing uh, 
part of the country to get the opportunity to visit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had about uh, two, actually two weeks ago today, we had Seth Jarvis on the show from the Portland Winterhawks. He had a wonderful year. Uh, he's right in the range of where Edmonton might be picking at 14, but he talked about just the frustration and the disappointment of not being able to conclude the season. Now that you've been removed a bit for it because of the pause and, and all of that for the NHL guys, but obviously the cancellation for Major Junior, you've had a little bit more time to evaluate it. I mean, th- there were some positives that occurred this year with your hockey team. You guys were in a great spot. You went 42, 12, and 10. Uh, a little bit uh, bitter that you didn't get a chance maybe to see it through? Yeah, no, of course it was, and yeah, we were pretty excited about uh, moving moving through into the playoffs. I think we we had a pretty good lead in our division standings at the time, and you know I think the guys were chomping at the bit to to get through those final five or six games that we had left and and start playing the meaningful playoff hockey. And you know, uh, as I alluded to before, it's tough for the older guys, the twenty year olds, and some of those nineteen year olds that have moved on and uh, obviously aren't going to be a part of uh, our team next year or the league in general. But um, overall, you would have loved to been able to uh, see those guys have an opportunity to win. But, uh, and I guess from the coaching staff and the management side, it would have been another opportunity to evaluate guys and uh, see how they play in the playoffs. Um, you see, you mentioned this upcoming season. The Quebec League is, they're already up and at them, are they not? Yeah, they're playing exhibition games right now. I don't think they've hit the. I mean, in Quebec, they're not playing with attendance uh, for the for the, any immediate future by any means. But in the Maritimes, uh, in some of the provinces, they've agreed to uh, limited capacity. So I don't think they're doing that for exhibition games. But uh, once the regular season starts in early October, some of those maritime provinces are going to have uh, very condensed capacity. But uh, you know, for sports in North America, it'll be one of the first that uh, we're going to see some attendance in some hockey rinks. Now, we should mention that a couple of those ownership groups are quite wealthy, like they've got billionaire owners. Not everybody's like that in the Quebec League. There's some franchises that really struggle financially, but the guys at the, sort of the top of the food chain there, you know, those they've got a couple guys worth, what, 3 to $5 billion. So there's some wealthy teams, and you're not paying players' contracts out. So it's a little bit different scenario than that. Where are you guys at uh, in terms of uh, – you know, maybe the WHL and the OHL, but specific to the WHL, what sort of discussions have occurred on that front? You know, the WHL and the OHL are still pretty pretty much in line. You know, we're really working with the, the local health jurisdictions. we got the four in Canada and the two in the U.S. that, uh, you know, we, we continue to work with and until they truly give us the green light to move forward and uh, start playing with some type of attendance and, uh you know, that's going to be really the trigger point that uh, gets things moving in the right direction. I think right now we're still planning for December 4th start. And, uh, you know, I think right now is a critical time with schools opening here in, you know, in Western Canada and to really see how, how things go with the, with the start of school. I think that's going to be, you know, a, a big milestone uh, moving forward here. Can the Western Hockey League deploy something similar to maybe what we might hear happen with the National Hockey League? There's a belief that the NHL for 2021 may go to, because of the border situation, uh, may go to an all-Canadian sort of league for the Canadian teams, and then the American teams get split into three divisions. Could we foresee something similar, you know, maybe like you have a – Saskatchewan, Manitoba conference, maybe an Alberta conference, a BC conference, an American conference, and you only play each other in, in or say division or whatever conference, whatever you want to call it. You only play within your your division. Is that a perhaps an option that the league might look at? 
Yeah, I think it's a little early, but I think I don't think anything's off the table. I mean, that's kind of what they did in uh, the Quebec League. They got the they've split into three divisions, and they're not leaving their divisions the entire season. They've got the they split Quebec into two divisions of six, and then the Maritime Division of six teams. So. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if that's, uh, I would have to think that the Western League, if that's what's going to tip the scales and get the health authorities on board and get things moving, um, I'm sure that they're open to a lot of different scenarios. I mean, at the end of the day, if we've got to play the teams in Alberta 15 times each, I think as long as we're playing hockey, the players and uh, the staff would be uh, pretty thrilled just to have the guys back at the rink and uh, get their development moving in the right direction again. Uh, we're joined by Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Kurt, are your guys skating right now anywhere? Yeah, yeah, no. All the all the team, all the players from across the entire Western League are primarily in their local markets right now. And there's a lot of different programs going on. I know there's here in Edmonton. There's a there's a few different programs. I think the majority of um, of players, Western League players, right now are skating at Vimy. They're running a bit of a junior skate there, the the academy for guys. So I know a lot of guys are there. There's some guys skating out uh, at a program in St. Albert. So I think those are the two primary programs right now. But right across Western Canada, there's uh, a lot of different programs that players are, are skating at through the, for the month of September and October. We're joined by Kurt Hill, a general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They went 42-12-10 last year, had a big 40-plus uh, win season the year before. Uh, you did make one off-season deal that's going to affect your roster, certainly up front. You got you, you brought in Kate Oliver, he's a 20-year-old, and you still have Scott Atkinson, who's a 20-year-old. And Atkinson, if I'm not mistaken, he was your captain last year, so I'm going to assume. he's. So you're going to have some experience down the middle, is that fair to say? Yeah, no, I think uh, you know the, the the middle of the ice looks good with uh, with Oliver and Atkinson, two two veteran guys who were in the top five in the league in faceoffs last year, and uh, the new European player we drafted, Yanis Vandenbergs, can play the middle. Need be, um, you know, we bring guys back that are experienced as well in the, in, the, in the middle of the ice, and Liam Keeler and Jalen Lupin, who both uh, had good seasons for us last year. So I think right down the middle. Um, you know, we're in a pretty positive place with our group and really like, uh, you know, we have a righty now that we've added to that mix as well, which uh, always helps for defensive zone face-offs, offensive zone face-offs, a little bit more of a mix-up than we had last season. Jake Neighbors uh, came on in the second half last year. He's, a, would say, a sort of a 25 through 45 consensus pick for this year's upcoming draft. And Dylan Gunther was wonderful last year. He's probably going to be a top 10 pick in 2021. So there's two guys there that are unequivocally uh, first-line forwards in your league that you're going to have back. Yeah, no, those two guys are back. And, you know, our, our forward depth is, is fantastic up front. You know, the, we have lots of guys that, uh, you know, high draft picks. And uh, even from the 03 group, Gunther's group, some of those guys are just going to be coming in for their first year at 17. And that's not because you guys couldn't have, didn't have the opportunity to make the league. But we just have a lot of depth where we have the opportunity to, you know, not rush players into the league right now. They can go back and play midget at 16 again and, and you know, get a lot of ice time and continue to develop the right way. So, um yeah, there's going to be a, a significant battle at camp. But, yeah, the depth up front, you mentioned, obviously, the the two all-star players that we have up there. And, you know, a guy like Josh Williams is a guy who had a great year for us last year and still has a lot of chatter with his name, you know, around the NHL circles. Um, 
Carter Such is a guy that continues to grow as a player and in our league and you know his putting on more size every year getting quicker and the skill that he brings to the game is fantastic and you know we expect big things from him this season and then um, we'll see what happens with a guy like Vladimir Alistrov too who's starting in the KHL right now and uh, we'll see how that goes but a guy that maybe potentially after Christmas once you know if we get going a little bit later and who knows he could be a guy that uh, might circulate back so definitely the depth up front is very positive. Uh, Matthew Robertson's a, a big name for you, second-round draft choice of the New York Rangers. Uh, you mentioned the two 20-year-old forwards. By my count right now, you got two 20-year-old defensemen. You're only allowed to have three. Now, you don't have to make a decision on anything, obviously, until you guys start getting playing here. But would you be I, – I believe you've got an extra first-round pick in 2021. You've got yours and Kelowna's. Uh, which was part of what was the little defenseman you moved? McDonald was that his name? McDonald, uh, yeah, yeah. To to Kelowna, uh, would you potentially look at using one of those uh, first rounders to maybe get another defenseman? Yeah, I think we'll look at a lot of options once we get going. Things are so quiet right now with uh, obviously the, the temperature out there. It seemed like things kind of kind of got going a little bit there just around around the draft, and then everything's been really quiet on the trade front and guys talking even you know for 20 year olds around the league and that i think you know everything's just gonna kind of be on hold until we have an idea when the start date's going to be and then and then things will speed up a little bit more but uh yeah i think uh, with the team that we have um you know on paper right now if uh, we get the opportunity to play a, a full season this year and get going i think we have some really good pick assets that uh, this is definitely a group we we feel confident about going into the season and that we will we'll look to add uh, some significant pieces to kurt how much of the nhl playoffs have you watched a yeah, fair bit yeah i know okay. it's been it's been good all right, so we've seen the emergence of uh, a different type of defenseman, I think, over especially this year. And, uh, you know, there's some limitations with the Oilers at the NHL. You, your D's got to be able to transition the puck. Uh, you take a look at Heishkinen, he's young, he's 21. Uh, Quinn Hughes is 21. Uh, McCarr is 21. Theodore is a little bit older, uh, 23, 24. A couple of those guys... You know, uh, certainly Shea Theodore's, you know, Theodore's a guy that came out of WHL Seattle. Are, are coaches more open to to having defensemen that can make plays than maybe even when you played in the, in, in the Western League where there seemed to be an emphasis on hard-nosed, tough defensive players that bang pucks off the glass? Are, are we seeing a, a, a different type of defenseman evolve out of uh, developmental hockey? No, for sure. I think, you know, I would say probably 75% of the teams in our league, you know, the defensemen now are they have – a lot more skill there the ability to get up the ice quick they skate well they move pucks fast you know they make quick decisions and you know there's still some there's still some teams in our league i don't know they they tend technically try to build their team that way but maybe they just have a bit of a cycle where they have some bigger harder nosed guys and it just it works for them so i think that does still exist in our league but i would say the trends definitely to the the puck moving d-man that can skate pretty well and you know with the way that brad and uh, Luke teach our players and the way that our system plays. You know, it's uh, we move the puck quick, we transition fast, we play, you know, hard into the offensive zone. And uh, you know, some of the ads we've made the last couple of years, even for some of our depthy and Gavlis and uh, Stewart, a couple of guys we picked up. You know, these are guys that uh, both skated really well, and uh, you know, they made really quick decisions transitioning the puck. So it's in our system for sure. It's uh, something we we value highly. One final one for you. Uh, Jake Neighbors is a 2020 draft eligible. You mentioned Josh Williams as well, who is part of that uh, U, uh, U18 team in the Helenka Gretzky a few years ago. Dylan Gunther, uh, next year, 
Would you be surprised if he fell outside of the top ten of the NHL draft? Very surprised. He's, you know, he's just gotten better and better. And from what I've heard this summer, he's just taken another another huge step. So I think uh, he's a guy that's uh, obviously going to be in that top ten. And then another sneaky one to watch out for, Sebastian Kosa, for us, who had a fantastic year. And, uh, you know, he might be one of the best goalies going into the draft uh, next year as well with that late birthday. So he's a guy that you never know could get in the first round or is probably a guy that could be picked in the second round as well. It's going to be a high yeah. pick too. All right, Kurt, we appreciate your time. We'll touch base again, okay? Okay, thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. That is the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill. It is 120 in Edmonton in Oilers now. Uh, we'll tell you that uh, Japanese Village opened a survey at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta steak and tasty seafood cooked right at your table. Reservations now available. Go online at jvedmonton.ca. When we come back, we'll get to some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You're listening to Oilers now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 122 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Angie Quinnell on Oilers Now. Earlier in the show, I asked you your thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks. For many of you, uh, you were not fans of the Canucks in the early 2010s. And it was perhaps understandable, despite the fact that they had the class acts that were the Sedins. I mean, it's those guys were classy guys, and they were great players. Um, they had some other players in their lineup, Alex Burroughs, Maxime Lapierre, uh, Kessler, and Bieksa to a lesser extent because he could really back it up. But they had some – that team had a bit of an attitude, like they'd maybe won a bit more than they had. That's kind of my personal perception. Uh, during the 2011 Stanley Cup final, many of you that would text a show like this uh, were cheering for the Boston Bruins. And Racito has texted the show to say, Bob, I used to hate the Canucks. I'm actually really liking this team. They bring their lunch buckets every game and work their tails off, to be honest. That is how I fell in love with the Oilers in the mid-1990s, sadly. Uh, I haven't seen a team uh, like the Oilers work like that since 2006. Go Canucks, go. From Andresito. He's in Nelson, B.C., uh, probably hiding from the uh, U.S. government. Is that what most of the guys in Nelson, B.C. Uh, do? Just joking, Andresito. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, this texter comes in, Bob, for me, this new generation of defensemen seems inspired by the likes of Chris Letang and Scott Niedermeyer. Hmm. Okay. Well, Letang's a, a gifted player. And Niedermeyer was a smaller, gifted player. They're both highly competitive players. I think part of it has to be the mindset of the coach. Like, if you have a coach yelling and screaming at you, get it out, get it out. And the Oilers had a guy like that once in their minor league system that was a head coach that was did not want his defensemen making plays. I think, and now we're going back 13 or 14 years now, but bottom line here is we're at a time where defensemen are allowed to make plays. And it's going to be intriguing to watch how the Oilers... The Oilers have depth on defense with prospects. I think at some point during the 2021 season, just as last year Ethan Bear and Connor Yamamoto established themselves as NHL players this past season, 
I think this upcoming season we'll see that occur with Evan Bouchard. But how quickly will it be Evan Bouchard and Philip Roberg? Not to mention they got guys like Sam Arukov that look like they might have a chance to play down the road. But certainly Bouchard and Broberg as first-round draft choices, um, those guys were thought very highly of. Uh, Corey says, Bob, how far off is Konal, uh, Konovalov, the goaltender out of Russia? Uh, you know what? I'll be honest, Corey. I've never seen him play. Um, the Oilers had a little bit of intel on that one. I think Craig McTavish played a factor in uh, in sleuthing that pick out for the organization. Um, because I've never seen it, like I've never seen him play. I, I don't actually know. Uh, but goaltenders tend, the, the funny thing is sometimes st- statistically the best years for goaltenders for the high-end goalies are at the age of 24, 25. Uh, often goalies don't make it till 27, 28. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Jason from Sangudo, I cannot read that text. I'm sorry. Uh, but keep texting the show. You're a funny man, and we need more humor. <laughs> there we go. Oh, wow. Uh, Keep texting us, 780-496-0063. Randy from Brooks. Uh, Bob, you are talking about, yes, the Pugliarvi in the show earlier today, and I 100% agree with you. Pugliarvi shouldn't automatically just be assigned uh, Connor McDavid's right wing right from the get-go if he comes back over. Um, I'm going to give you a completely different scenario, but tie into it. Think of what's happened here with Lionel Messi. Best player in the world, most soccer fans would suggest. He's coming back to Barcelona because he kind of has to. He's got the support of a large percentage of the fan base at the expense of the president of the club. They got in a little bit of a showdown, okay? There's going to be some changes to uh, Barcelona's team as a result. They've already lost a guy named Luis Suarez, who is a terrific attack player, a finisher, a goal scorer. Uh, But when you're Lionel Messi... You kind of get to dictate how things go when you're a player of that ilk. When you're Yessa Pugliarvi on a team with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, you kind of got to earn and play your way up. You know what? Connor McDavid didn't come in and have expectations, and he was a generational star. Uh, Dreisaitl, who in my opinion, based on preseason in 2015, should not have been sent down to Bakersfield to start the year, went down for six games and came up and killed it from that point forward with the Oilers. So this perception out there that Paul Yarby, who's already been given opportunity in Edmonton, and it didn't work out, uh, should, after basically sitting out of the NHL for a year, if he wants to come back, he's going to have to earn it. He's got to know that. His agent has got to know that. That comes with the territory, and most of you get that. Now, does he have a higher ceiling if he puts it all together than, you know, I, I, I guess you could, like, Yamamoto's already proven more than Pugliarvi. But, you know, amongst the right, does he have a higher ceiling at this stage than Zach Cassian? He might, but it, but he's got to earn it. To me, he's got to earn it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob, would you prefer uh, Darcy Camper or Merzlichkins? Oilers GM says he'd conf- uh, prefer Merzlichkins all day long. Off to a global news weather traffic update. And with the one and only, uh, the one and only Eileen Bell. Back with uh, my broadcast partner, 
Jack Michaels on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.